The hyperbole is done. Now we can finally play the game. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. One man. Goodbye. Hello, Haskins. Intercepted by Teague. George Teague to the end zone. Touchdown. We're going to play Welcome. We're back here with the Catholic Sportsman Show podcast for 2021. How is it going, Paul and Randy? Great. Happy New Year, Jeff. Happy New Year, Randy. Happy New Year, guys. Hey, Paul. Hey, Jeff. Happy 2021. 2021. Let's hope uh, God blesses us with your uh, uh, Apple iTunes app. Oh, yeah. Please go ahead and like us. And also now on googlepodcast.com, either on the Google Podcast uh, web browser or on your Google Podcast uh, uh, app on your mobile device, soundcloud.com, podbean.com, and uh, ever-growing, guys. So uh, glad that uh, we're here tonight, and uh, Paul is going to go ahead and lead us in opening prayer. The Lord is generous with all those uh, uh, podcast hosting sites. So we will pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we ask you to send the Holy Spirit down upon us tonight as we talk about young saints, young people that love sports and loved you, Lord, most importantly. And we share their message with all the people listening today. And with all of our shows, we ask the Holy Spirit to descend upon us and ask Our Lady's intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. Our death. Amen. Amen. Saint Sebastian, patron saint of athletes. Pray for us. Pray for us. Blessed Carlo Cutis, technical blessed of the Catholic Sportsman Show. Pray for Pray us. Pray for us. Name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen, guys. All awesome. right. Well, the, the Lord brings us all here today to talk about um, yeah, young saints who were examples. And um, I guess Carlo Cutis is on the road to sainthood. He's not a saint yet. Or not all of them are saints, but they're on their way. So we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, the path to sainthood. And then uh, we'll get into some of these great examples of young people who love sports. And like I said earlier, most importantly, love the Lord. And so that's our theme tonight. And uh, we're going to kick it over to Randy, who's actually going to explain to us, which is always good, Saint 101 how to become a saint. So take it away, Randy. Thank you, Paul. I just wanted to start off real quick saying that sainthood, according according to Catholic doctrine, the church does does not choose saints. God does. God consecrates a person's sainthood the moment he or she enters heaven. An earthly sainthood is thus done merely posthumously. 
It's a moral, mortal recognition of what is believed to be God's divine will. So there are four steps, and really quick, step one is a servant of God, and there are three things that they look at. The person must be thought of as having a hero, heroic virtue. They must be thought of as being in heaven, and they must be recognized by the Catholic Church for the sake of the faithful here, still here on earth. The step begins with people petition the bishop of the diocese where the potential saint lived to begin an investigation into the person's life. Bishop will interview people who knew the person and collect the person's writings and will write a report to determine if the next step should be taken. If the report is favorable, the person gains the status of servant of God. Step two is venerable. The person is deemed, if the person is deemed a servant of God, then the findings of the local bishop are sent to Rome to the Congregation of the Causes of Saints. The investigation into the life of the person will continue with a positive outcome being the person being deemed of heroic virtue. According to the church, people may then seek their intercession, the person's intercession in prayer at this point. Intercession is important in the process and is what will move everything else along. To become canonized a saint, miracles are required. And the miracles come for a petitioner praying to the person for help. The miracles must be documented and investigated. There must be not be any means other than divine intervention that could have caused the miracle. Step three is blessed. If the person claims a miracle happened due to the intercession by the person in heaven and it is investigated, confirmed, and approved by the Pope, then the would-be saint status is moved to blessed. This process is called beatification. A ceremony is held when a person is seen as blessed, usually that person, usually in that person's hometown or home country. Miracles are described by St. Thomas Aquinas as those things which are done by from the order generally following in things. This means that a miracle must have hard evidence that it did not follow the rules of nature. Step four is becoming a saint. After the four previous steps are completed, a second miracle must be investigated and confirmed. Once that happens, the person may be named a saint. If they are, they are assigned a feast day on which they are to be celebrated. A mass at the Vatican usually follows. And that's a quick cool. 101 to sainthood. <laughs> sainthood 101. Church. Thanks, Randy. Good, good. I'm, I was taking notes, Randy, because uh, I've always wondered <laughs> about the different names and titles 
uh, you know, what is vulnerable, what is blessed, or, uh, uh, and uh, you really spelled it out for me. So it, it, it's amazing how much we can learn uh, while producing a show. Well, Jeff, it's good you were taking notes because there's a quiz at the end of the show. So, <laughs> all good no Catholic, <laughs> all good Catholics yeah. must get uh, out like get like, out the, like the sisters said, right at the Catholic school. For those that went to Catholic school, <laughs> get your pens and pencils out. We are going to have a quiz. Uh, yep. Yep. Great. Well, I thought it was really interesting that. Um, is that to be a that second miracle for sainthood has to happen after the date of their beatification. I always thought that was really interesting. Hmm. So it makes, makes sense. So anyway, yeah. well, thanks for that, Randy. So a couple of blesseds that uh, I want to talk about, uh, both from Italy. And the first one is uh, blessed Carlo Cutis, which we've always uh, asked for his intercession, which we can, as Randy stated. And Carlo um, was 15, year, 15 years old when he died. And um, he really led an amazing life. He loved the Eucharist. He loved going to mass. He defended, um, like if there were kids getting picked on at school, he would like step in and help protect them. But he really tried to inspire young people to live a virtuous life and to you know, truly live up to the expectations that God made them to be and as unique individuals and just trusting in the Lord. So what was really cool, uh, and of course, he, he was a very uh, proficient at computers, and that's why he's our technical patron blessed <laughs> for the Catholic Sportsman Show. I keep calling him saint, but he's not really a saint yet, so he's on the way. So we uh, asked him to help us with all of our little technical difficulties, and I yeah. always ask him to help me at work too he worked but he, he worked loved, oh i'm sorry paul he worked tonight he caught my attention yeah and so we didn't press the record button so uh thank yep. you dear carlos thank you carlo <laughs> <laughs> exactly but he loved um he loved to play soccer he loved all kinds of sports he loved to be outdoors and hiking and um and that's what we really you know, we all grew up doing that. We love it. We hope, you know, young people can do that today and just really get out there and play, right? But one thing that really impressed me when I was reading up about him about sports is that he loved video games. And I don't think any one of us are endorsing video games, but as a teenager, he loved them. And he made a practice to only play one hour a week as part of his own self-discipline, Wow. which, okay. So if you're going to play video games, there's, you know, it's a good game. There's nothing inherently wrong with that, but that's really cool. He limited himself to an hour. So it was a very uh, impressive, but anyway, yeah, he uh, just really quick to give another uh, tidbit about his life. He set about uh, before he died to document every single Eucharistic miracle that's ever been um, identified in the world. So he has a website to this day that you can go on and view those Eucharistic miracles and learn more about them. So props to him. And he did it all before he was 15 when he passed away. The second blessed, all right, so um, is a, a young woman who also lived in Italy. Her name was Chiara Bandano. 
And uh, she unfortunately died of cancer at a, I think she was 19 years old when she passed away. But she loved, um, you know, her friends, her family, but she also loved the Lord at a very young age. She was very um, attached to her faith. And she loved to ski. Uh, she loved to swim. And she really um, loved to play tennis. So um, these are young people. These are real people who did normal things, but lived extraordinary lives and incorporated sports in their lives. And we wanted to highlight that and certainly highlight them. And, and they're looking for a miracle, right? So we can ask for their intercession for anything special that we need in our lives. And you never know, you might be that second miracle. Yeah. Paul, can I add some things? Um, about uh, oh yes Chiara, um, just a little bit more background uh, and how how truly God touched her at at such a young age. Um, it was noted that her family reported that even as young as age four, she had so much compassion for those that were less fortunate. Apparently, she always wanted to give away her toys to less fortunate children. Uh, so her family said that was just one thing that was, was uh, a passion of her. Uh, obviously the Holy spirit was working on her at, at such a young age. She also, um, uh, interestingly enough, had uh, the intuition to want to visit uh, the elderly and one of her other uh, things as uh, very young, and this is, you know, maybe even before five years of age, she loved to visit nursing homes. So she loved to, to, to um, uh, entertain and laugh and make, make people, uh, uh, old, the older and firm people feel good. And that was, and that was another passion of hers. Uh, at age nine. Okay. So, I mean, it is, it is truly an amazing gift that uh, a child who's, you know, could normally be brought up in a normal, uh, we say, uh, background and family background have such, such, uh, uh, spirituality. She got involved with a group called Focolare, Focolare. Now I researched a little bit about Focolare and it's uh, started in Italy and uh, it's a spiritual group, predominantly Catholic, was started by uh, uh, several Catholic laypersons as well as some uh, uh, priests and nuns, but it is an Italian organization that focuses uh, the word, oh, the word focolare means in Italian for hearth or hearth being family fireside. So it, it focused on the family, okay? And um, Tiara, Tiara had uh, in her bio talked about the strength of her family being raised in a very uh, loving Catholic spiritual family. But so she got involved in this group at such a young age. Uh, one of the uh, uh, 
mission or here's the mission for the group is to provide and support unity and universal brotherhood uh, throughout the world. So uh, mm. definitely, a, uh, you know, not your we average need that today. Yes. Yes. Uh, and sisterhood. Okay. We'll add that too. Yeah. Right? Since uh, Chiara uh, was a, a sweet young girl. Um, like you said, Paul, at such a young age, she was touched, sadly to say, with bone cancer uh, at 17. Uh, one of the interesting things and, and what really caught uh, people's attention and, and, and faithful people in Catholic and probably priests on her, her uh, incredible blessings given to her by uh, the Lord was during her final days uh, alive. Um, the amazing thing was that uh, her friends all showered her and came into the hospital. But one of the things that even the doctors and nurses noted about the relationship that she had with anyone that came to visit was she was there to make them happy. She knew right. that uh, uh, you know she was about to receive God's greatest gift. So it was interesting that um, uh, she gave more of herself to them and assured them of you know the gift that she was about to experience and God was about to give her. Uh, some of the family members quoted, they called it a supernatural joy uh, and, and not a curse at all, having, you know, this terrible uh, disease. Uh, she was quoted as saying uh, to some of her friends and family, and this is, uh, I'm reading a quote from the um, article that appeared in Alatea. Uh, she said, for your Jesus, if you want it, I want it too. They talked about how she was over, you know, overjoyed that God has probably chosen her uh, to, you know, be uh, called to go to heaven. Uh, you know, some of the uh, incredible reports and things that happened. Uh, she even refused. Uh, they wanted to give her morphine. To, uh, to, to, to lessen the pain. She refused her morphine and uh, she said because she wanted to have a clear mind. She wanted her mind to be able to express, uh, you know, uh, until her last breath, uh, how she feels about the Lord. Uh, one doctor reported, and this was really neat, uh, uh, just before she passed, he said, through her smile, and this is quote, through her smile and through her eyes full of light, she showed us that death does not exist. Only life exists. And then finally, after she passed and she died on October 7, 1990, so she lived about 20 years, um, she actually asked if she could be uh, buried in a wedding gown. And she was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, and mm. out of her desire to uh, uh, be a bride of Christ forever. So, I mean, that shows you uh, what in some of the in, it's hard to sometimes they put your finger on uh, 
uh, you know, young people get so involved in things and, and how, how, how could they, uh, you know, be that expressive of a person and, and at such a young age and not, not be consumed in all activities. And, and yet they say she was a, a great athlete at a, mm-hmm. at a great skier and a volleyball player. And, and, uh, one can only imagine that probably God was, you know, part of her passion playing sports. So, uh, uh, truly blessed. And she is, um, uh, Pope Benedict, uh, uh, declared her venerable in 2008, Pope Benedict the 16th. And, uh, now she's in that process. Like Randy, you were sharing, uh, uh, what the steps are is she will be, uh, uh, further examined and to find out if she, uh, has a second miracle because one miracle has been attributed uh, to her intercession already. So we're looking for one more miracle for uh, looking for a miracle. Yeah, for the venerable Chiara Luce, Luce, I guess is your middle name, Bandano. So uh, incredible things from young people. Uh, God bless. She's got a Randy? beautiful smile, and my my wife has a picture of her on her cell phone. Ah, very cool. inspiration. Yeah. Speaking of cool, Randy has the <laughs> ultimate. The, in this, I uh, when he told me that uh, about this particular person in the kind of sport activity, uh, not a team sport. This is someone who. Uh, was very involved in a, a, a what we call a uh, uh, an individual sport. individual action sport with high risk. But tell us a lot about Randy, who who you researched and uh, his exciting background and his road to sainthood. Well, I was very excited to find the life of a gentleman named Guido Schaefer. He will likely be the first ever surfing saint. He's on his way. The Vatican has beatified him. The Brazilian surfer who drowned in 2009. So he was a surfer. The 30-year-old wave rider named Surfing Angel. He's on the web if you just want to search Surfing Angel. Lost his life while enjoying his time at Barra de Tawaka, Tawuka, Rio de Janeiro, just weeks before he was due to be ordained a Catholic priest. The Archdiocese of Rio de Janeiro sent Vatican numerous documents on the life of Schaefer to show that he lived in according with teaching the teachings of the church. He was very sensitive towards others and was a man of great faith and was passionate for the word of God, explained Father Roberto Lopez, as Episcopal Vicar for the Causes of the Saints at the Archdiocese of Rio de Janeiro. On the day of his burial, the Church of Our Lady of Copacabana was filled with bishops, priests, and many believers who saw him, a young man who was different and deeply loved God. 
Guido Schaefer also loved surfing. He felt inspired by God to help others as he did with na the native tribes of Brazil. The Holy See has no objection to the process of assessing Shaver's suitability for sainthood. Guido was born on the 22nd of May, 1994 in Brazil. In 1998, he graduated from medical school and started providing care to the homeless people with the missionaries of charity. He initiated his preparatory priesthood studies at the Missionary of St. Benedict in 2002. Six years later, he joined the St. Joseph Seminary in Rio de Janeiro. On the 1st May of May 2009, Guido passed away at the beach in, in Rio de Janeiro while he was surfing. On January 17, 2015, a cause for sainthood was opened for Guido Schaefer. The late Schaefer was a doctor and seminarian from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, who loved to ride the waves at Ipanema Beach. He was killed in a surfing action accident in 2009 at the age of 34. So I guess saints or blessings can come in all sorts of sports. <laughs> right. And countries. Yeah. Different places all over the world. All over the world. Amazing yes. that he was we became a studied for medicine and the priesthood, and he was only 34. I mean, hmm. that's incredible. Do all that. Well, well, well I was gonna say what I read is his mother and father were both were both doctors. So maybe that had something to do with him going to medical school. Yeah. But helping the poor, then that's, God that's so beautiful. God called to be a priest. Wow. That's wow. You know what I think is amazing about an athlete like that, especially one that takes on, you know, a sport of, you know, considerably high risk, obviously. And people, yeah, can, you know, die. And in fact, he was taken from us is that, uh, I always find that 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 one of their passions is uh, is you know uh, was is rewarded by like the gift of God giving giving us the ability number one the athletic ability and and giving them the strength to take on uh, surfing obviously he you know is probably quite a, a proficient surfer. Um, you know, with, with a lot of risk, but he was in, he was called that's in more than likely that surfing was where he could kind of escape maybe and be with himself, be with, uh, the blessings of, uh, the earthly blessings of the, of the, of the ocean. Uh, you know, most surfers are, are very passionate about that. And, uh, he could, share uh, uh god i mean it, in a way it was probably like another chapel it was like his going to chapel 
uh, going out to uh, the ocean. I only say this because I don't know if you guys remember uh, locally in Orange County uh, here a few years ago, uh, we lost uh, uh, Father, uh, his name was Father Christian from St. Simon and Jude in, in Huntington Beach. Now, oh, yeah. as we all know, Huntington Beach is is known as what? The surf city. City, right? Surf capital. And Father, uh, he was a Franciscan. And he was uh, highly loved by so many. And he would get up and go surfing like every Saturday morning. And he would also, uh, uh, because a lot of people he was around weren't necessarily, uh, you know, uh, faith observing folks. Uh, you know, you have a certain kind of uh, clientele of uh, people that that do those kind of action sports he would uh, spend time on the pier down in Huntington and he would talk to people about God uh, huh. in a way so uh, you know uh, but he passed away and uh, there were several hundred surfers swam out and they did a, a memorial for Father Christian so uh, huh. I liken you know uh, that sport, and to the saint who knows father you know likely i mean god says that we we all have the possibility of becoming saints right we're um, all called to be saints we're all called in one way or another in some way and, and if it happens uh, you know uh we, you know we may not know it but god knows it and it's in the plan uh, uh whether you're an athlete whether you're a scholar uh and have done amazing things like some of these athletes. Um, uh, it's such a, such a neat thing. And, and the blessing is having them do it at such a young age, which, you know, isn't, is, is uh, not the norm, right? Uh, usually we think of saints, right. As living a whole long life uh, of uh, prayer and, and uh, do, uh, doing good deeds. I mean, the historical, uh, saints that we most think of. So I, um, it truly is a special uh, blessing that someone young uh, can be called to, uh, you know, follow Jesus. So uh, great topic, good, guys. Great topic. Be, be to, good grand examples of the faith. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, you know, and uh, I mean, there's, you know, many other cases of young people that are not, uh, you know, that uh, God, you know, God helped them and, and that they'll live long lives. But if God chooses to call them at a young age, you know, uh, they, they will be truly blessed. Um, uh, so uh, anyhow, I think we have to wait. There's another person who was very involved in sports who passed away recently here in Orange County. Oh yeah. Tommy, Lasagna. Tommy Lasorda. Yes. I, you were going to say Tommy Lasagna, right? I was going to say Tommy <laughs> Lasagna because that's what they called him here. Well, you know what, you know what his favorite food was, right? Lasagna. Cause uh, he had a restaurant. Yeah. A good Italian. Uh, but yeah, so tell us about Tommy and, and, and his life just briefly, Randy. Touch he was a neighbor of you there in Fullerton. So uh yeah, he was my neighbor. 
<laughs> did you had did you ever once at the drugstore? You saw him at the drugstore. Uh, I heard he was such a down. Yes, I did. Yeah. Well, you know, he. Uh, I worked. talked to him, and he said that he was he was he was getting his med he was getting his medication before he was on his way to spring training. Cool. So he's getting his medication to go to spring training. Wow. In Vero Beach. That's cool. You know, he he. It's amazing to think he. By the way, he died. Uh, I think at ninety-three years of age. Right. Um, and um, uh, just reading some of the bios in the paper, uh, they talked about how uniquely blessed baseball and baseball fans all over in America and even across the world for having someone who literally his entire life since since when he was a young person you know originally he wanted to be a baseball player uh, and make the major leagues okay but like most people uh you know he just you know he wasn't necessarily blessed with the you know those uh it tools that god gives us he, and he spent his career in the minor leagues as a player but that's where he got to learn about managing the game and of course and he started in brooklyn with the brooklyn dodgers and then came out uh or followed the organization and became a, a manager and a coach in the minor league system and as as if you remember back uh when he was hired you know in i forget what the 70s i believe uh, when he was hired as the dodger manager you know he had this extensive relationship for all these many many years with the same franchise and you know it 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 goes to show that uh, you know it and, and sports is a lot different now right uh, when you say family no one really thinks about it it's become such corporate but tommy spent 71 years giving his uh, all to the los angeles dodger organization and uh I know uh, anecdotally, we always heard of his involvement with his faith, and he was always one to talk a lot about his Catholicism. And he was, um, I read this past weekend, uh, how he was involved. Uh, I think we've talked about before uh, Vince Scully, who is, you know, a very devout Catholic, and how Vince is involved in the masses that were, you know, uh, set up in Dodger Stadium. Well, it actually was Tommy who got the whole thing set up. Tommy was the one that, uh, you know, uh, you know, got the OKs from the family and the organization to host a, a mass for professional athletes that, you know, both Dodgers and, and teams, uh, players from outside. And, and on Sundays, at the ballpark in the morning, they would have mass inside Dodger Stadium. So, uh, God bless Tommy. Uh, you know, uh, maybe someday he rest in peace. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, so, when you think of Tommy Lasorda, apart from the the drugstore memory, what's the one thing you remember about him? I remember when he won the World Series. I forgot which one. He was just so excited. He was jumping up and down and throwing his hat in the air and just hugging everybody. He was just a passionate 
man for the, for the sport of baseball. Great ambassador. Yeah, I just remember yeah. the time where um, when Kirk Gibson hit that home run, and it showed him running out of the you know the dugout. He's like just flailing around with his arms, total yeah. excitement. Yeah, but he won two World Series with the Dodgers. Yes, yes. So, uh, and you know, up until gosh, in, in his early nineties, he was still actually working as like a, an advisor to the Dodger organization, uh, right. looking, helping them find talent. And you have to feel that he was probably pretty instrumental in helping the team build a, a, a current roster of players and, and ultimately look what happens uh, in this odd year of the pandemic or the past year, uh, Dodgers end up, you know, taking the title. So you got to give a little yeah. credit to Tommy. Uh, so dearly missed, uh, you know, uh, but may he be blessed and uh, who knows, uh, Tommy, uh, I think, you know, I know to a lot of Dodger fans, he's considered a saint right already. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's up there with Walter now and just watching the Dodger games. Yeah. Walter, yeah. Walter Alston, that is. That is. That is right. Good job. Being a Catholic, raised a Catholic, it's one, one thing about it I just don't understand. You got a priest there and a priest here. Maybe I can find the answer today. Why didn't the Corinthians ever write back? <laughs> I mentioned that I was honored. I was honored in New York about eight months ago, and also Cardinal Dolan was there. And I asked him, I said, why didn't the Corinthians ever write back? And he looked at me and he said, how the hell do I know? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we uh, uh, have kicked off the new year, I, I think. Uh, and just one quick thing. Remember, uh, for you fans out there of football, we have the Super Bowl in February, and I think uh, maybe on the docket is a, is a Catholic sportsman podcast. that might focus on the Super Bowl. So stay tuned. All right. Awesome. Right. Oh, go ahead. Randy, would you like to lead us in a closing prayer? Of course, Jeff. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Lord, we thank you for our Catholic Sportsman Show podcast. We pray for all those who are listening to it. We pray that they and we and everybody grow closer to Christ, especially during this pandemic. We ask for the intercession of Chiara and, and Carlo Acutis and Guido Schaefer. We always ask the intercession of the, uh, of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, Blessed fruit thou of thy womb, Jesus. This is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of, God, of God, pray for us sinners. Pray for us sinners, now, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the 
Father, Father the Son, the and the Holy Son, Spirit. Spirit. Amen. All right, guys. All right. All right. Good uh, to see you. We've kicked it off. Yeah, we kicked 2021. off the year. Good, good. In the good. name of the Father, the Son, Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Excellent. Okay. Okay. Happy uh, 2021. Okay. Indeed. <laughs> you guys. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I ever get back for it. Root, root, root for the Dodgers. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, Three strikes, you're out at the whole ball game.